0: Go. and I would do anything for love. And I would do anything for love. For love. And I would do, do anything, anything for love. For love. And, and I, would I would do, do anything, anything for love. For love. And, and I, I would, would do anything. anything for, oh, love. No. And and I I yeah. for love
1: and I would do anything for love and I won't and I would definitely do that thing my mother and I Y'all gonna make me call my fucking mom. <laughs> uh, <sighs> wow, what a good song!
0: And that was, uh, we're, we're starting off, we, we don't normally do this, folks. We're starting off with a uh, track, uh, Meatloaf, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I would do anything for love.
1: He's kind of been a, a light in the dark, a, a He's been like, Bennett, you and I have been talking about that pesky green light across the water in, um, um, America, the American psycho by Chris Scott Fitzgerald. I think, uh, what was that? What is that? What is he trying to say there? Do you think?
0: Hell if I know. But, uh, you know, a lot of things we're all, we're all turning to, uh, You know, art and pop culture in these times to get us through. And for me, it's Mm. been uh, Bad Out of Hell, that song in particular, by Meatloaf. Yeah. I think we played a little enough of it that we can probably slide under any sort of uh, copyright Copyright, laws.
1: We'll just say it's, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say parody because that would be rude. I sound like I was from Baltimore when I said rude. Yeah, rude. 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 And Natty Bo. Um, just... <laughs> what is
0: that? Na- uh, it's either National Bohemian or Natural Bohemian.
1: It's uh, <laughs> the Baltimore area. Is it like a hot dog? No, no,
0: it's a kind of beer. Oh,
1: yeah. okay. Um, so I have a special movie going on in my background. What's the name of it? Uh West Side Story. Sound of music. West ah, Side I'm Stories the impetus when it says at the beginning of a movie based on a true story or inspired by a true story that's be- based on a west side story. Is there something there? There might be. A couple of years, there. people are going to be laughing really hard at that one. Probably, it'll be very topical.
0: Did you? Speaking of Zoom backgrounds, did you do any sort of mm-hmm. um, like Zoom type family call for the uh, Easter uh, Easter holidays?
1: Oh, good lord, Bennett! uh hell no no. did you uh uh, yes Uh, and boy yoing i did not realize (laughs) okay so you
0: know how on skype when you blur your background and you close skype and Uh you open it back up you have to re-blur your background Sure, sure. Ah, uh, well, on Zoom you don't uh you don't have to reset your virtual background <laughs> because it's automatically there.
1: Uh-oh. And
0: I uh, for some reason Hulk's ass was showing up a lot more vividly <laughs> than he's showing up right now. <laughs> uh ladies and gentlemen, Hulk's uh, bare ass, uh, I think from um, uh, Captain America Billy 2. Really Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really
1: on easter yeah. you're gonna be de- pulling this shit
0: uh, if my grandparents weren't mad enough about the uh the old oh uh,
1: it wasn't just the nuclear you the had old, your had a hard
0: uh, mustache that it's taken me two and a half months to grow now at this point oh yeah. son of
1: a bitch you really can't escape did they did did you have to watch like a uh, group latin mass on uh <laughs> no on no
0: we mostly just you know just um, the shit they did they did text the family group message about uh if you haven't already you should watch the passion of the christ and i was doing the rodney dangerfield uh collar thing like
1: right that that pleasant reminder of the uh, miracle of easter Mm -hmm. is um passion of the one for the, the whole family yeah right it's just a day of celebration um Nothing really renewed
0: me in my faith more than (laughs) fucking torture porn. (laughs) Right. right.
1: More than uh, a spectacle by anti
0: Semitic blood sport. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, (laughs) right? Uh huh.
1: (laughs) know the story of the big bad wolf don't ah, you yes Tales all you time. and i are like <laughs> <laughs> right. nearly you and i are kind of like the house of sticks and this house of hay and then who's like a buff film guy like a, not like like a like a film buff uh, i guess there are no buff film goers so that makes me the wall the house of brick and you are the beautiful little piggy that comes, mm. comes in to cower in my frame i'm a
0: i'm a i'm a nice alabaster uh a bust on the uh, on the mantelpiece um mm, i if we yeah. did round up if everybody on like film twitter if every like notable buff got into like a sort of a room together you might be the one who would be most likely to you might be the most physically fit you might be the most uh like mm. you might not win in a fight but you probably win in like a decathlon
1: which is terrifying to think about. Oh yeah, but it, it's yeah. It it's the only reason I really can, well why I'm so loose lipped about the film community because I know none of them would step to this mess.
0: Step bless this mess. I <laughs> uh, listen if you're gonna if you're gonna step to this mess, you better bless this mess. You better uh, bless it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I being the guy who would maybe win to fight in the filter, you're right. It's like one of those things. that's like not quite comforting. It's like I don't know. Have you ever in like a professional setting been like? I don't, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm talking about and have someone go like, yeah, nobody does. And that's like supposed to be like, oh, cool. Okay, awesome. Comforting. Great. Yeah. It's oh, like, sick. Just mm, the fucking uh, drunk ape is running the uh the fucking roller coaster right, right. here and we're so just I hoping it. That,
1: <laughs> that was like when in my avant-garde film class, people would just be spouting off to the point where I had no idea what most of them were talking about and the scariest part of that class because you feel basically inferior the entire time because you're watching the most formally challenging movies out there and uh the scariest part was when i wrote an essay on dog starman and my teacher had nothing to say about it said i did a great job and gave me an a and i was like absolutely fucking what's not what's your what's dude. your angle and then you start to wonder <laughs> but, like is this is all of this just fucking stupid <laughs> Is fucking <laughs> is dog starman fucking stupid? Um, I one time and I
0: believe it, this was either I think this was avant garde not um documentary because I think this is when I was a sophomore. There was this guy I I I'll, I'll I'll leave out his name, but I should send you his stuff on Instagram. He, he was just one of the more famous. He, he was like a really really smart guy who was just like famously uh, what you would call like a vibe head. No, literally, actually He's... a garbage head in the classical sense because he would take any mm-hmm. amount of anything was truly just like um a bizarre drugs Svengali. And he one time uh-huh. he 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 knew a lot about film too. And this one time I can't remember what we were talking about, but he gave this long, rambling answer that I swear to God sounded like that one friend of Lars from Rocket Power it was like <laughs> <laughs> And went on for like a while. And this guy was also like a similarly adult type turned over to him and went, Colin, what the fuck did you just say? And then to his credit he repeated himself. <laughs> <laughs> and was like clearly like annoyed about having to repeat himself. It was so funny. <laughs> it was not unlike characters in a Jacques Tati film. Sort of just more making noises with their mouths than really using words uh uh-huh, the tongue. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> one That thing... brings us somewhere. Ah. Uh today folks, we're talking about a movie that a lot of critics have really uh put on a uh put on a pedestal, so to speak. Um j Rowe, uh none other than j Rowe, Jonathan Rosenbaum calls it his favorite <laughs> film. Um, uh, uh, Shane, what, what, what more can you tell the people about this uh, uh, so-called masterpiece that we're watching today? I don't even want to call it a so-called masterpiece because I like it. I feel like we're poking holes in the whole like uh, <laughs> canonical <laughs> stuff. Uh.
1: Um, well, reading from the poster, it says, Playtime in color is the comedy of the year by Jacques Tati, the masterpiece of all comedies immensely amusing. Oh. You know, those are types of things I would hear before getting on to um, some type of whirligig, gig or right before I put on a, a very fun hat. Not the type of thing you hear before going into a comedy movie, is that this is going to be a thrill ride. You never oh. hear that.
0: No, no. Um, I, I mean, I, a, a thrill ride in the classical sense, too, because um, like we were talking about off mic, I've joked a lot about wanting to watch this movie on my phone just for like the bit mm-hmm. because I'm, I am I go to yeah. bat for uh, that sort of viewing experience. I really think it often adds a lot, especially when you're watching um, something that was kind of shot digital, um, made for Netflix, kind of designed yeah, for like a distracted yeah, yeah. audience. I think that sort of thing when you... When you're lying down in your hot black leather couch, holding your uh-huh. iPhone 7s yeah. S right up to your fucking smudged right. Warby Parker glasses, <laughs> it really <laughs> it's it sets you on a a, 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 a real thrill ride. Um, and mm-hmm. buddy, buckle up. No, I I. I even when I was rewatching bits of this movie on my computer, there's so much going on in the frame. It's so much like looking into like it's almost like looking at like a drop of water under a microscope or something. There's just like so many right like little fucking things going on in every corner of the frame that watching it on my computer was almost nauseating. I was like too close <laughs> to too much motion. Like That's... sitting in the front row of the theater, I think would make me throw up during this movie. Right, right. It's also very I couldn't... bright.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't be able, I, I would have thought you would have had a different reaction to watching it on your phone, like, yeah, pretty wild. Like, it would feel very contained if you're watching it on your phone, but it's uh, it's pretty telling that, it, that trying to watch something at that scale that is so visually, I guess, complex will make you sick.
0: and maybe kind of ill. It was like looking, I don't know, it was like staring too hard at like an optical illusion or something. I don't know. Does it make you sick? I don't, I don't know. I, I'm running out of uh, comparisons <laughs> here. I'm uh, mm. no Thomas Friedman. I can't. I can't mix my metaphors to, to, to quite that degree. I um no. The only thing I would compare it to that had a similarly um like visceral experience in a small screen in like a negative sense was like Leviathan because the camera is moving in such a way that you literally like are you know you're moving in in concert with like a rocking boat and I felt like on a smaller mm, screen mm, where you were really like mm-hmm. in that it was right, worse <laughs> right.
1: when you're in uh green green town uh so y- you mentioned that it's like a uh, like a optical illusion you also said and and two people i talked to said that it's like watching or it's like a where's waldo yeah um another person i talked to said they watched the first 20 minutes and had to restart and was like wait i think i like I think I missed something fundamental Mm -hmm. and like I have to start I have to try this again.
0: The thing is that you can just kind of this is a movie that it would have worked really great in the times where you could like go into the movie theater during the movie and just kind of sit through for the next showing because you can kind of come in at this movie at any point and just kind of stick with it and it's more rewarding if you've watched all of these bits gradually like build on one another. Building with mm. like one of the most insane final like forty minutes of a film uh, you'll ever see. Like it's it's obviously right. more rewarding if you see the whole thing, but you can kind of stop and start whenever. And honestly, uh-huh. although I will say restarting, there's something to be said for restarting Tati's films. And I've a, a couple of these. I've I found myself like ten minutes in, going like, wait, let me let me let me reset here because you have to you have to get on their wavelength to employ a, right. a, a phrase that I use all the time, despite hating.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think there is. I mean, they're definitely. I've thought about the idea of like making like doing the naked lunch type of thing where it's like it's a movie that never ha- doesn't have a beginning or end and you can just start it whenever and it'll just play cyclically, which I'm surprised that hasn't happened with a the movie. There's probably some fucking museum movies where you sit down and it just loops forever and you don't know where you are. Um, but uh, go ahead. The
0: Hobbit movies are actually that. You'll note that the, uh, the Hobbit, the Battle of the Five, well, and the Lord of the Rings films. Battle of the Five Armies ends with Gandalf arriving at Bilbo's door. (laughs) The Fellowship of the Ring. I'm not kidding. Wow, I turned over. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a vine. Anyway,
1: sorry, you were saying. (laughs) Um, but I think there there's a though. It does feel like it's just like a vast kind of fucking crazy city. Uh, there are beginnings and ends to situations. There is like a containment to each each event and though there is like an effort to make things look very deep and almost like infinite there is like a specific framing to to every single shot
0: when it also follows the classic city symphony structure basically i think we're i think it's only like one day maybe it's what's a couple the of days. Fi- what's the
1: classic city symphony structure just
0: kind of starting with like a city waking up and ending with like a city going to bed and then maybe showing like the next day like do the right thing is an example of like the city symphony mapped onto like a narrative film um you ever see man with the mm. movie camera is probably the most famous uh, example mm. berlin symphony of a city gave it gave the kind of subgenre its name i don't know I scott mcdonald was, like was like a, a huge head about uh, right
1: right it's kind of like the 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 early like the uh, the the uh 102 of uh, avant garde, early avant garde.
0: Um, yeah, kind of, because it like basically like yeah, anything you're gonna watch in like an early documentary class or like early avant garde class, you'll be getting to some city symphonies probably. Uh, on like day three or four, yeah. I like that. Unlike a lot of city symphonies too, which kind of reach like a crescendo and then ultimately like slow down as people are going to bed. This one, like, uh, it's it's yet another movie, uh, much like Mikey and Nikki. I think the um. The only uh, other film that we've ever talked about that we introduced with, like, "Hey, so this is one of the best movies ever made," um, much mm. like Mikey and Nikki, it, it, it captures the energy of like being up all night. Like, this is a city symphony that does not involve oh, the going god, to sleep yeah. part. I mean, the closest thing we yeah. get is that like eerie green pharmacy, which I guess is like you know the nocturnal sort of space. Oh but... my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, It was like You're rock walking... bottom <laughs> to the rest of the town. It's <laughs> yeah. Like bikini bottom. It was... uh,
1: yeah, it was like rock bottom. All the spooky I food. Found...
0: Found this movie exhausting and it's such a sensory overload i mean both visually and orally, um all of like the chatter you're getting from the very beginning i mean i i was texting you about this as i was watching the film yes i was texting a little bit as I was watching this film sorry folks that's what you get if I'm not watching it on my phone
1: okay uh, <laughs> everybody's forcing you to watch and everybody's
0: it. like fuck everybody listening he's like god yeah. damn
1: it throwing their hands up Fucking Popcorn um, everywhere.
0: on that note before I before I uh keep going on something that was already derailing the conversation the people who people who like listen to this podcast because they actually like watch the films must really like hate me because on top, despite presenting myself as the one who, like, watches more movies, I, I think I'm the one that's more likely to derail a conversation by talking about, you know, something completely unrelated or making some completely, <laughs> like, fucking arcane comparison to, like, uh, I don't know, mm. a, a TV show.
1: Um, right. And then I'll just follow up by saying, hmm, webcams. Are, <laughs> they, uh, are they watching about... this? Uh, the the eye, something with the eye, convex. <laughs> we'll get there later. Uh huh. I but I I was texting you from the beginning,
0: like, God Almighty, all of the chatter on like the tour bus and like throughout the airport, like, really captures just the fucking overwhelming quality of um just being in a crowd like that, being part of like any group, and what an affront you are to every other person. Like, there's like a party of like forty at the end of that restaurant, just perfectly captures what I hate about going out to eat with a group of people.
1: Mm. Hmm. Well. Okay, I I found that I because I've started this movie twice and stopped at the same point during the uh, restaurant really part in and like I ha- remember having the idea like okay I want to be like here for this be- and like similar to what my friend said is that he started it and started it over like I. Th- I got to start over and like get a better grip on this. Like when I was there, I was like, I I want to be present. And I feel like I'm, I felt like I was fading a little bit or like, I didn't have the like sharpness that I wanted. Um, which I think is like, an effect of this movie is that it, it is, uh, requires you to put in a lot of perceptual energy or like, a, there's a lot of looking around that and that like takes up your kind of mental process. You there's no point in which you're sitting back and enjoying like Hugh Lowe going through the space.
0: It's yet another movie about how fucking exhausting it is to go on like a vacation. To to quote unquote enjoy <laughs> exactly. yourself. Exactly. Because by the end of it, yeah, it feels like you've been on some sort of vacation where you had some ridiculous itinerary and you were like carting back and forth to to you mm. know sites. Right.
1: I've countless times gone out to eat and been like this sucks especially as a person who works in a restaurant you just see how stressed all the people around you are like the people working and i'm like mm, should have stayed home can't even enjoy this um, <laughs> right right i one time went to a brunch like which that's not something that i I suggest or want anyone to do the most annoying and, meal and I, of the day. <laughs> I did it, and it was psycho. It was more chaotic maybe than this restaurant scene. It was one guy just with like fifteen tables just running, running from table to table, sweating. Uh-huh. I didn't even want to tell him that I was hungry, like, like some sort of mobile and, game. <laughs> Right, like it was like a diner yeah, dash don't, don't let it burn <laughs> just the shit buzzing all around his head yeah. yeah so much of this movie is like i think continues those these ideas of like are does, mod, does modernity make any fucking sense is the way we've set things up convenient mm-hmm. and what type of person like thrives in this environment and th- th- there's strange answers to these questions i find well, I'll start with, like, the, the, the where we meet Hugh Lowe in the beginning, and he's in this office building that is just, like, impossibly modern. Like, the plastic factory shies in comp- comparison to how fucking bloop bloop <laughs> fucking robot-ass this building is. Uh-huh.
0: There's that huge, like, console on the wall. I don't even know what to call that thing. That It's like a Star Wars-ass, um, like, control panel. And there's like Mm. minutes of it just making like noises at them. It's completely, it's completely divorced from anything that you've seen in like contemporary, in like a contemporary setting, typically. It's like Um, a call,
1: (laughs) call buttons, like it's supposed to summon someone from their office but there's no labels on any buttons and Tati puts the oldest guy on the planet in charge of this uh oh yeah in charge of this thing this guy who's probably watched the world change like four times over mm-hmm. is re- wrestling with this like just incomprehensible mess of buttons um yeah
0: no i i i am um, it's he's taken everything that he's been doing before to like it's logical extreme um everything Everything is supposed to be modern. It's supposed to be making life more convenient and it's just needlessly ornate and sort of, (laughs) um, I don't know, presents such a barrier to understanding. Um, there's, there's that whole, well, I guess before we jump into uh, more of like Hulo in the office, you'd mentioned that it's a little bit like a Where's Waldo, uh, book on film. And it's very literally like that for big stretches at the beginning, because we keep seeing guys who look like Hulo, but they're not Hulo. Um, someone is mistaken. Someone mistakes a guy for Hulo. Um, it's, it's, um, and then when Hulo shows up at the office, um, it's the first time that we've seen Hulo really kind of seeming to be kind of willingly, um, making his way into this sort of modern society. Um, mm. you know, in, in, in Hulo's holiday, he's the one in the jalopy. He's this guy that's sort of a, a representative of some different way of life still, obviously in Mon-Uncle, right? there's two different sides of town here. He's, you know eagerly anticipating some sort of meeting in this, this ultra modern office. And um, it, it called to mind, it made me think about how his, um, his kind of screen persona differs from Buster Keaton's and Gilberto Perez in the material ghost says something interesting. First, he quotes um, something from uh, 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 what Hugh Kenner wrote upon Keaton's death, uh, which I'll include because he he responds to it though. I Let me tell, tell me if you can get at the bottom of what Kenner is trying to say. Here. Mm. Um, <laughs> He has left the world without ever being quite in it, wrote Hugh Kenner on the occasion of Keaton's death in 1966. Only saints and a few classic madmen have put forth a comparable power to suggest that this place where we all catch trains so deftly is yet not, is yet not wholly the place for which we were made. So I guess just he's saying that he's some guy that suggested that there's there's something beyond this world or maybe because maybe he created art or whatever. But uh, anyway, Perez <laughs> says, unlike a saint or a madman, Buster proposes no defiance of the world's ways. On the contrary, he strives for a compliance with them. When in Rome, he goes to great lengths to do as the Romans do: to become an athlete, if that is what the girl expects; to get married, have children, live happily ever after, if that is the prescribed ending, uh, happy mm. ending. I mean, the most famous example, and honestly, it's the only, um, Buster Keaton movie, the plot of which is at like the tip of my tongue, is you know the general where he's you know going to great lengths to try to enlist in the army, uh, the Confederate army in this case, and keeps getting turned down, and he keeps getting mm. rejected as a result because they think he's like a coward, and you know eventually, uh, goes off to war basically himself. Um, and mm. this is the first movie where I think we see Hulot doing anything like that, any any effort to do as the Romans do, so to speak. He's still mm. sort of inadvertently an agent of chaos, but there's something almost disheartening in seeing him waiting for like a meeting. It's it's obviously very quickly funny, and there's obviously very quickly like comedy in it. But I, I found something almost like melancholy. First of all, in seeing um, Tati so much mm. older, like ten years after the last film. And then seeing Hulo, like, waiting to go get fucking given the runaround in this office. Um, Right. Obviously, like, Tati is no more saying that this is a good thing, that he's now, like, uh, uh, giving in to modernity, than he's saying it's a good thing that Johnny and the general wants to uh, enlist in the Confederacy. You know, he's no more pro this office than uh, Keaton is pro (laughs) uh, the Confederate Army. But it's still, like, I don't know. Uh, at first a bit of a bummer I thought to see you know our man uh be- maybe almost on his way to becoming a suit.
1: Definitely I think he avoids making himself into some no one in the movie is exempt from the kind of perils of like this world that's set up. Everyone is kind of like not a rube, but just like subject to the way things are set up. People are like the smartest guys in the room are bumping into the same pillar Uh that everyone else is the entire time. Right. Um, And I found that like all of, all of what he does in having groups of people in showing different individuals in these settings is kind of to say that despite this like organization that seems to treat us all the same, there's still like an insane variety of people. And that's like kind of uncrushable, but he also kind of poses an opposite or like a, uh, a world that wouldn't be like this, that in, in, in that not, in not including somebody that totally understands this, besides the weird one guy that sits down in a chair besides him in the waiting room and that, like, uh. brushes his shoes off, who is just an absolute fucking Patrick Bateman psycho, um, he seems to say that, like, there is... there This way that we chose isn't, like, the right way, or it's at least not the only way. Like, I can imagine a world in which, like, things are set up, in the way Hugh Lowe would think is, like, a good... Or, like, I imagine just people in, like, a field where they're not stepping over things or they're not, um, I don't know, just, like, bumping into each other. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I imagine, like, a, a much p- more primitive f- way of society because I'm just inundated with, like, the incompetencies of, like... uh industrial design uh-huh
0: the, the, this world that tati was talking about taken to even more and more extremes yeah i mean it's it's not a despairing film but i do think it ultimately comes down in the side of you can't fight city hall you can't fight this progress because <laughs> even if tati manages seeing, manages to like bring everything kind of crashing down at the end when he's when he's running to give that girl a gift um he's blocked by this like insane mm. system they have of how you can like check out from right, the store right um there's just more and more like <laughs> This is supposed to be for like convenience. This is supposed to keep all of like the trains on track, and in reality it's just creating, mm. you know, uh, so much more chaos. Uh, this right. is when they he sing saying uh, like... my favorite things. Sorry, behind you.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, this is the part where Julie Andrews puts a nighty on all the kids, she sews it uh out of calf skin and she's got that that famous haircut. Um these are a few of my something the, what's the last line?
0: Uh, I don't remember. I remember anyway. she's talking about like monster energy, but I don't remember what, what she said.
1: S- yeah, she's like, <laughs> ah, "I'm fucking lit right now, <laughs> kids." Um. <laughs> ooh, wh- ah, ah, ah. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. <laughs> uh, the systems that he gets caught up in in the restaurant and in the waiting room and in the like salesman stuff and in the turnstile and waiting in line like i never feel that this is a product of just his imagination i always know kind of do you have a similar feeling in that you know exactly like this, how this situation feels or you've seen it before or like Mm -hmm. I felt sympathetic. Like I've been in this situation Uh, where you're good to fucking check out you're, you're late for something because of some incomprehensible fucking technology shit Uh or like you're about to miss the last bus because you can't like swipe out of work or something. And it makes
0: you feel like a prick because you're complaining about what are ultimately like really like fucking, you know, new, uh, uh, like,
1: super super
0: yeah yeah. futuristic conveniences and Mm. and and, you know obviously i don't know life is typically not not life is not really designed to accommodate these sort of things no i think a good example of where he really like nailed an experience in the head it's maybe not like a technology one but it's 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 more in the vein of what he does throughout hulo's holiday um in particular the just kind of like daily annoyances stuff when he's waiting in the waiting room with that fucking patrick bateman psychopath who keeps like cracking his mm. knuckles and like right right this guy never <laughs> stops moving that's exactly I mean we, we've we all you've you've uh, we've all been there when you're stuck like, behind somebody on a bus or like in a waiting room who just keeps fucking doing some sort of business you know whether just it's like picking their nose shit. or like yeah. smacking their lips or they're eating some sort of like old they're eating some food that's been sitting out and smells like poop you know something like that yeah
1: the <clears throat> the the modern man in like he conception is a guy I I I could name him but I won't. It's like it's like this guy that used to sit down at the bar I w- would work at and literally for maybe 3 minutes would be like do this whole process of taking his vest off, rolling up his sleeves, like putting his glasses folded away and and I would have to stand there and wait for him to be done. I'm like, "Can I fucking get you anything?" It'd be the same thing every time, but I'd have to wait for him to like do that exact thing that happens in this movie. Mm. And I think, uh, it's another like foresight or I, I can't even tell how modern the world was at this time because he kind of jumps too far in the future. Uh Maybe. Um, but like he conceives of like what, what is successful in this world or like how jobs are kind of set up in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, like when things are so modern and so hoity-toity like what what is the result of that and he like imagines this like modern man who just like basically shows signs of like extreme add Uh which i think is like what we've seen to be like what actually happens to people in like a totally distracted and totally uh i don't know useless social setup Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and I, i i think he really hits the nail on the head with like groups of people um these um, like tourists from the US going on this mm. like vacation to Paris that ends up being like going to a mall it ends up just right, being just kind right. of like this mo the most shallow possible and I and, mm. and, and Tati's not really judgmental about this once again I think he, he the people are just basically like pinballs bouncing off of one another at the mercy of this kind mm. of this city and um, he 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 gets like it's it's what traveling has become now right even right. People, even with even for people for whom it's their personality right it's it's still like uh, you know you're going somewhere to go to the mall um it's still a very shallow experience and again to your point about things becoming th- things reaching such a point that they've made it impossible to focus on anything every like little like doodad and gadget they're looking at there's the, um, it's like a vacuum with like headlights on it. It's with just a headlight. Truly yeah. like fucking a hat on a hat. The most like hat on a hat type stuff. <laughs> the most like chimeric technological uh-huh. monstrosities. But uh-huh. I will say, again, like you when the people are like ooing and awing, you're like, okay, yeah, pretty cool. Because it's it, frankly like I, I, I'm just a purely like, on just a on just like a design level, it's impressive that Tati thought of and then designed all of this shit for this movie, right? <laughs> exactly. It's a funny idea. It's exactly. like exactly. Uh, if if Dolly put this in a museum, you'd be like, hmm, you know? Um, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. It'd be like that fucking wine fun. rack.
0: Yeah, the wine rack. It's like the urinal. Speaking uh-huh. of, you know what is exact? You know what is as funny as the urinal? The um, marble column trash can is as funny as the urinal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I may have mentioned this before. You know, in that same room in the PMA, that uh, when you go into the side room and then you look in the crack Little and it's people. like a naked lady. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's like archaic-looking doors. I don't know. I thought that door right.
0: was <laughs> the art for the longest time. I never, never thought to look at like you never the flag. Peeped? <laughs> I okay. peeped the last time I was there. That was the first time. Oof, yeah,
1: man. What a, talk about a payoff? Uh-huh. So, oh yeah, years,
0: these, years in the making. <laughs> it's,
1: yeah, th- these is it, a wonderful piece in the philadelphia art museum and it's like i'm sure people listening have seen it but it's like two old ass looking doors that's like looks like it's a service closet kind of Uh it's like tucked away in the back of the like modern section and if you go up to it there's like light coming coming through like a crack in the door and if you look in it's like a sculpture of a naked lady like laying in the like laying in wildflowers just like whoa uh like her vagina spread right in your face and uh this dad was in front of me because i was with someone i was showing them for the first time i was like oh we got to go see this This dad and his son is in front of me dad peers through the little crack the son's like what's in there he's like nothing you told me that's (laughs) right That's so funny um so the we we open on an uh, we're not going to do this linearly. I just want to talk about the opening. It's pretty easy uh, to do
0: literally, though, because it is just kind of like four yeah. long scenes. But yeah, no, I, you could talk about the opening. I mean, we could, we could jump around. I mean, we have been.
1: The uh, the opening is... And Tati does this in Hulot's Holiday. He probably does it in other But he starts with music and an image, and then he'll kind of like add elements to the image and then you're kind of like thrown into the the life of the movie um, in this movie it was the it was like blue sky and like clouds moving and there's like intense jazz playing like oh hot jazz <laughs> Julian English <laughs> late, late in the book jazz late <laughs> late yeah. in the book yeah and um, and then another shot of the sky you're like what am I watching friggin' 39 skies uh-huh. and then um, and then a huge long ass building just like jutting into uh-huh. this sky uh, this like image of the sky and I feel like there's this l- subtle kind of like equation he's putting together he's like what if I took like natural world or just like nothing it's like the sky like the earth we are presented with and then just like psycho modernism Uh fucking something that does not match up at all with the sky which is like these formless like kind of clouds that are just floating by and then this like really harsh rectangular Uh building but then overlaid with like intense jazz gave me this like that that type of jazz gives me the feeling of like i am subject to this music there's nothing i can do to like just kind of sit back and relax it's oh. like puts you in the mode of if you're if you're listening the way the music is like asking you to listen you are like very actively engaging with it and this movie i think kind of resembles that that type of music of of like he's subjecting you to an experience that you have to just keep up with Mm -hmm. and there's nothing that you can do to put yourself in a comfortable position when Uh you're enjoying it
0: yeah i I think jazz is a perfect comparison um in the sense that both you can put it on as like background music but also if you're willing to kind of (laughs) no also let me finish But also, if you're willing to, like,
1: I'm laughing at the concept of trying to do that.
0: No, but there's 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 whole worlds of jazz that people play as, like, you know. Sure, sure, sure. But I'm saying, but 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 at its at its at its peak and at the sort of tempo that it's at, both at the very beginning and the very end of this film, if you're gonna meet it at its level and kind of build a relationship with it, it's really like rewarding. And yeah, again, you're like a subject to it. It's almost like you're like dancing with it. And I think Mm. we see that, like I said at the at the end of the film everyone's listening once again to this kind of music performed live um i assume he shot this silently like he did for most of his films so it's not you know diegetic mm-hmm. but and they're really like you say subject to the uh the Just music ripping. really
1: and yeah what like what does that mean when a movie or a piece of music is challenging like you can't there's nothing you can say that's like enjoyable in the sense of like a movie that you would see come out today and be enjoyable. Like Tati is not only like making a movie that may be, it can be interpreted in a hundred different ways, but like is a challenge to, to, to get through and, and makes you wrestle with like your perceptive apparatus and your, and your like inability to, to get the idea of what's going on because there is, Things happening in the foreground and the background, which we've seen in earlier movies, but at this point it's so it's happening on all parts of the frame that there's no possible way to watch this once and get what's all happening
0: yeah uh, I mean it's um i it, it's it's what Scott McDonald used to talk about movies that teach you how to watch them, and uh it's very much one of those mm. movies in the opening uh. kind of sequence in the airport as you're kind of and again it's not the first time Hulo's done something like this but um it, it's gradually kind of bringing you into you know listening to all these sounds looking at every like You're single right, yeah. inch of the frame there's that great bit in the in the beginning when we're kind of sitting it's a static shot in the airport and way way in the back of the frame there's this woman who's standing like perfectly still for minutes and then she starts mm. to move and you realize oh that wasn't a mm-hmm. mannequin and then she stands still for like another she couple in minutes a glass box. <laughs> and she looks like she's yeah. in a glass box too and it, it's right. I, I mean it's so much uh, that it's the deepest focus cinematography I think I've ever seen. I mean, truly the mm. deepest frames you've ever seen. I do you know much about Tati like personally, like what he was like? Was he like at all like a tyrant on set? Because there's something very th- th- a movie this grandiose, and the fact that he seems to literally be like almost like God creating something from nothing in the what? beginning of the movie. Right. It seems exactly. very much like he could have been like a tyrant. I, I'd like to think not because he's such a he plays such a whimsical, fun character, but
1: it's so painstaking though. Like the things that I noticed happening when I watched it the second time, I was like the amount of work that is required of like all these people doing like, like being their own person. Like it would have to require like a totally just different way of going about it. Like treating it as if you're like, like you would have to not, maybe not talk to everyone individually, but make everyone write their own part. And then figure out how that part fits into the movie. But it's interesting, you mentioned, I forgot about that first scene in the airport. You're watching, and like things are happening in the front corner, and then people just start like dropping shit, and people get lost. And you realize, like, I can't keep up. Like, I can't keep up with the thing that I thought I was supposed to focus on. And you end up like, I think that's why my friend watched this and was like, I think I missed something. Like, Mm -hmm. I have to go back to the beginning. It's like, of course, you miss something. Uh-huh. Like, you ha that's the I, part of this movie is missing a lot.
0: Yeah. Because it's also it's also a movie that really um, communicates the experience of just being in public, where you you naturally start to like tune things out, or you'll start mm. to focus on one thing, mm. you'll start to stare off in a specific corner, you'll get fixated on one person. Like, because in the beginning, you're listening to that you're, you're listening to that woman, like Hector, her husband, about like, did you did you pack your aspirin? Did you pack your raincoat? Did you pack? <laughs> yeah. And you really start and to like, p-
1: oh god, shut up. <laughs> yeah. And you're also involved. Like, come on, man. Like, man, did like, you pack any of you're this? You're there or? with them. Like, yeah. Like, Tim, this guy's really unprepared, and they're at the fucking airport and so you're like do they have a baby you're trying to figure out the story of this couple and then like a guy is just completely lost Like, there's <laughs> that guy who's just like zipping around behind just, shit yeah right and then a guy who presumably works there and is like trying to like kind of making sure everyone's in line like you, you just uh you, you end up getting involved in these little narratives that just mean absolutely nothing in the grand uh. scheme of things
0: yeah, I, and I I mean it's as as the airport fills up with more and more people too, it becomes like a more and more kind of hectic, um, involving scene. I and mean, when we talked about the chatter from all of the people, it really captures that. And you you feel like you can hear every single individual person. It's it's such an impressively like sound design mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, and if you if you do focus on one part, you'll you'll get you'll get like a story out of it. Like, there's not, it's not like he'll leave you hanging and people just kind of fade away. Right, because
0: within one scene, multiple, like, groups of the, like, 10, 12 people here talking, you'll hear two people, like, having a conversation. You'll hear someone, Mm. like, make a realization. Like, there's different stuff you can, like, listen into. Mm. It's, oh, yeah, I can't wait to watch it again.
1: (laughs) I'm happy to hear you say that. It's like, kind of like McCabe and Mrs. Miller. And that there's just like fucking mumbling going on uh-huh. a yeah lot. yeah uh
0: it's very yeah uh, it, although well I, I don't know i mean i don't know if tati necessarily means for you to be able to hear all of it either i think of i think of um altman as as doing that as a way of uh, I, I guess i think of altman doing that as being like uh, almost like a trollish move i guess just based on like my perception of altman whereas like tati <laughs> seems more genuinely interested in people like watching this film again and like living in it you know
1: hmm i think uh i think mccabe and mrs miller has like a kind of like a something to say with the sound design i think the sound designer is like a famous guy but uh i I mean I, i i found when i was watching that movie it was kind of mccabe and mrs miller it was like a bit of a breakthrough to 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 realize that sound could be like a little bit indiscernible or like be like in life where sometimes you can't like there's too much, and you don't know what to focus on, but, like, you can still pick out specific voices. I think that there's probably some technological, I mean, definitely some technological limits to, like, Tati's ability to, like, make that happen in playtime, like, but it's so convincing that there's just, like, hundreds of people talking, but you could still pick out, like, specific conversations.
0: Um, He really, um, he also just captures perfectly just, like, American loudmouths, um, both in the very beginning and, like, end of the film. They really, like, come in like a ton of bricks, and, like, you could not mistake for, like, a moment where these people are from mm. before you've, like, heard them speak. <laughs> um,
1: back to what you said about, like, going travel now. It's just, like, traveling to go to a mall. There, He makes, like, a direct comment on that with all the, it's, like, travel photos like you can go to mexico uh-huh. go to bali and it's all and it's the same, the same, same heinous building, building. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> with just some like it's stereotype in front theme. of it <laughs> a guy <laughs> yeah. on like a
0: sled a guy on the beach yeah
1: uh-huh it's in like and and what paris becomes in this movie is you only ever see monuments in in the form of trinkets or in reflections mm-hmm. you get the eiffel tower once and it's like the most distant, like just vast, foggy oh. landscape, and it's like, oh yeah, there's the Eiffel fucking tower over there. But like, you see, like the I don't know, some chapel. Someone opens a door, and you just see a reflection. It's like, oh, f- I completely forgot we were in Paris. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, yeah. I uh and, and our heroine um it's just kind of as close as we get to like an audience surrogate figure. The one the, the kind of least loud American tourist is is trying hmm. to find like the real Paris and keeps trying to get like a picture of uh the reflection of the landmark and is trying to get pictures of like I I I call this uh humans. I call this like twee humans of New York bullshit. What she's trying to do? Like she's she's walking <laughs> oh, by the street yeah, friend, she's and She's like, ah, yes, pictures. the real Paris.
1: Yeah, and uh. then just like Italians or like Americans just keep show- like a Japanese guy comes up in the oh, background. Yeah. And it's like uh-huh. there's no and and with that like small move of like all these different people. Like Tati is like, oh yeah, like. This is what like globalization is. This is like what our planet is.
0: You know what? Then I, I I would I think that's a perfect refutation of the idea that he's like a luddite or that he's like anti-progress because I think he's making fun of our heroine for like having this fucking like twee idea of what Paris is, and I think it's like I don't know. I think it's supposed to be like no, I you know here's here's a part of Paris that's changed uh, that isn't you know. Headlights on vacuum cleaners and, uh, (laughs) you know, buses to nowhere. Here's like what Paris looks like now. And it's this is, you know, this is a good thing.
1: Mm. There's a uh, there's a way in which things in the background happen, but like will sometimes be blurry and to notice those things it I felt like I was like I had to go out of my way. To, like, notice that... Like, Tati has this idea that, like, things... Things happen, like, in the periphery. And to have, um, like, your main guy going around and have things happen in the edges of the frame where he doesn't see it. We're not meant to see it. Or, like, people in the film don't even seem to be noticing it like opens his movie up and opens like the idea of comedy and the idea of like a narrative infinitely and it's not like a choose your own adventure but it's almost to say like there's not anything significant about our guy everything becomes significant
0: by virtue of being part of the film
1: by, yeah, and by being this by making it this context, the things that are blurry that like a camera is designed to focus on one thing, and he's like almost like the camera can't the the limits of the camera cannot like contain his ideas of like there's a store there's there's significance happening everywhere, so then again, this idea that we can't take it all in in one sitting he he he's like changing the entire idea of like what the, what a story is or like what's, what is important. He's just like making everything important. So, and, and when you, okay. So in, on the big screen, I noticed that in the background, there's like a lot of like cardboard cutouts of people. Really? And like in some of the offices, there's like, it's literally like a person sitting down, but it's like painted on the wall of the office. And I was like, oh, maybe this is, like, something he wanted us to see, but I was like, no, this is definitely seen on, like, a lower-quality screen when it first came out. Um, but, like, his idea is that, like, he wants the fi- the frame so, like, densely packed that, like, you don't have enough time to do it to to take it all in or, like, see what everyone's doing. And to me, that's just, like, a fundamental way of changing the, f- the f- quote, focus of things that, like, changes your entire experience and like gets at the way that it becomes like a jazz song or something and that like no matter how many times you listen to it you're always going to find something new
0: yeah i uh it, it's it's a um it it's a remarkably democratic film I and mean, when we talked about there are bits where there are dozens and dozens of characters that we've been kind of almost separately introduced to all functioning mm-hmm. kind of separately on the screen um it's interesting you point out that there's seemingly uh, that there's like a lot of like artifice visible if you look closely enough. Because I was about to say that like what's what I really like about the film is that for as artificial as the city looks, there's so much energy and like just uh, there's there's such a pulse that I, I for me it wasn't hard to imagine similar scenes going on like down the street in this fictional city. For as little of the mm-hmm. city as you really mm-hmm. see, it still feels like a city. It's remarkable what he does yeah, with like, two totally. buildings. Apparently he built
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Huh. And not this to doubt not to
0: and not to downplay that because he spent like an insane amount of money and it's it's like the craziest uh, set ever built uh. but it is also really impressive that it, it is just two buildings that, that look like all of this <laughs>
1: <laughs> this film was a commercial failure huge yeah and he basically paid for it for
0: the rest of his life from the sounds of it i mean i think the film is a little bit more despairing in, in the context of the, yeah the fact that he you know struggled for funding basically for everything afterward i mean low is is ultimately somewhat like trapped in the city, and uh uh you could say that tati was was trapped in the city in the sense that mm. and here listen you want to hear a mixed metaphor you might say that he was trapped in the city in the sense that he really had to kind of wear this uh film like an albatross around his
1: neck you know <laughs> think, uh... so there's a uh, quote uh people disliked the movie's nearly plotless storyline while those who only saw single showing frequently missed the intricate intricate sometimes simultaneous comic sight gags performed in the various group scenes um i would say that that's not a, that's not a misviewing that's like that's that's a a trait of this movie is that you're not going to get it. I mean, I think it's almost rewarding to not go back to this and know that you still have like if you were to never watch this again, you're like, "Man, there's just so much more." It's that, like going to a city once. To get once. from that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. I mean, and there's he doesn't make the city kind of like m- make people worse. Metropolitan people like aren't worse people in his mind and people that are caught up in these like micro dramas aren't um aren't dumb at all like hulot is makes himself maybe like the the most like kind of oblivious in this and th- i think it's a way of like saying it, no matter how hard we try to like simplify these things like take everything out of basically put people in cement rooms like there's no chance of stopping people's fucking drive to just like i don't know react to things and put another hat on a hat yeah (laughs) continue fucking being weird
0: right yeah i mean like we talked about before he he, as much as he pokes fun at all of these ideas and lightly at these people he doesn't seem to be like a judgmental guy really i mean i think i think you can see that in um how like um one of the more annoying, ridiculous characters has kind of a moment of redemption at the end. There's in the restaurant there's that really loud, big American blowhard who's really like just kind of uh <laughs> just a yeehaw ass, like mm-hmm. I got a big Texas belt buckle, sort of a guy. Yeah, yeah. And after Hugh Lowe like like nearly brings the building like crashing down, that guy has a moment <laughs> kind of like um you've seen Nashville, right? No. Okay, there's a character who kind of almost looks like this guy, who's sort of like the the de facto like mayor of Nashville throughout the film, and he's, he's he cuts kind of a ridiculous figure. He's sort of like a mm-hmm. real like a And at the end, he has this moment where he really like rallies this crowd uh, after after I'll say uh, a, a, a semi disastrous a disastrous moment, uh, not unlike this roof crashing down. And it, it uh-huh. kind of reminded me of that. Like this guy really kind of like rises to the occasion and uses his like big loud annoying American bluster for good, you know
1: right right and and the world falling apart like the restaurant falling apart doesn't stop these people from like figuring out some like ant-like solution to like just still have a good time just still have fun yeah and Uh um it's incredible that the this guy that shows up and i'm like this because i've worked in a restaurant these people i i know the situation like that. That guy is the worst guy, and Tati is gracious enough to make him into like this fucking hero. Like finds the finds the situation that this guy's gonna be the most fun, mm-hmm. and and like lets him have it. The most like kind of annoying blowhard American guy who, in any other French movie, would just be like shot in the head. Uh, yeah, um, would like f-
0: slip on a banana peel and like fall in mud. Yeah, right
1: ends up being just, like, such a beautiful, like, character, like, the parts of him. And and he does that as well. Like, the, the ending takes on a different tone than, I think, the, the beginning, where, like, people are, in the beginning, kind of subject to these situations and just kind of being, like, heralded like sheep. Um, by the end, they end up, like, showing their most, like, expressive side and, like, the uniqueness of each person comes uh, out and there's kind of, like, a self cele- Yeah, yeah, that quiet tourist
0: um, performs in the piano. Um, yeah exactly
1: and like that's her that's her like for, for, for the, the the ceiling collapsing is for the american guy what like the band leaving is for her like there's a situation for each of these people to be like the most interesting person in the room which is like a <laughs> wonderful thing to say
0: and some part of this like big modern facade had to sort of crumble for for that mm-hmm. to reveal itself yeah what a beautiful movie
1: God damn. <laughs> yeah, truly. And I think the restaurant scene is just such... Like, to be in between the, like, perfect modern, like, everything sealed up tight. Like, how do you... He, he sets up a movie, and then he, like, shows it on, in the in-between. And not, like, oh, this is uh, modernity, and then there's, like, the old school. He shows it, like, when it's not done perfectly right. When it's, and having like, like an, clashing with each other, yeah. Actually falling apart. Like, people... The, 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 I thought it was a really interesting setup having the architect walking around and people yelling at the architect the uh-huh. entire time. You would think like like if what if we had an architect just following us around everywhere and we could just be like what the why the fuck would you design like a street like this where <laughs> like there's like a turn going that like people are gonna get in the car accident. Are you
0: out of your fucking mind?
1: you know your fucking mind and they just get like any any accident someone runs into with just like walking into a wall or a door breaking or like just the tati shit that goes on they just immediately (laughs) call over this sweating architect and they're like why would you do like why would you set it up like this and the architect is kind of helpless because it is how like everything is designed what did you want me to do yeah (laughs) so superfluous Uh um anyway getting back to like it's very restaurantiness um the idea that the front of the that, like the floor of the building looks beautiful but has all these like fucking like just huge like gaps in like usefulness and uh-huh. then like the back area being just like a fucking dump <laughs> oh well that's yeah that's where you Shit's get like a apart. you
0: get so many great like little examples of like the way things the way things are being built not accommodating real life like there's the gag of them like trying to slip trying to get that huge fish through the little like hole between They're the, the kitchen and like the serving store. area <laughs> yeah yeah and that's there's so much like just hat on a hat nonsense even with the way like food is served like everybody keeps ordering that enormous fish and they've got to like spoon the sauce right. on and like do like a certain number of grated pepper. Like it's all, uh, all of, again, once, once again, all of the pomp and circumstance that's supposed to go, it's going into something that's supposed to be like treating oneself.
1: Mm. And the, he's even pointing at like, so F- French service is like, you sit at the table, you snap your finger at somebody and they'll come over to you when you snap your finger. Like when you say you're ready, they'll come over and like, you'll get a check right on the spot. It's not like you have somebody that sits by you and you know, fucking holds your hand and shit and he points fun at like how this this somehow the the setup of this restaurant where like you have to spend time by a table gets totally like mucked by that standard of uh-huh. like uh garcon and like he like they just have to keep running from table to table and it's like tati's recognizing something in like actual restaurants that like doesn't work with uh-huh. you could you could imagine that working in like a little bar in the countryside but it just, why keep these standards that are just not going to be, like, feasible? And
0: you almost wonder if it, if it's supposed to be him showing it clashing with a distinctly American style of, uh, coming mm-hmm. to, like, a culture clash with a distinctly American style of service. Because you'll remember uh-huh. um, when they're coming to that mall, one of the tourists says, um, what is it? Like, oh, wait do you see how modern it is. They even have American stuff. Like, one gets the sense that maybe we're supposed to, i hate that I keep saying one um you get the sense that maybe we're supposed to associate modernity to a certain to a certain extent with uh America
1: mm yeah yeah i because I'm such an idiot, I have a hard time like <laughs> understanding how the whole world sees America. I just think they think we're all very very dumb mm-hmm. and so I can't i I got a better idea here <laughs> with the like American characters that show up.
0: Yeah, it's almost like, it's a little like um Holly Martins in The Third Man, you know, we we bumble our way into uh, ultimately uh doing the
1: right thing and saving the day, you know? <laughs> uh so the re- oh, my favorite character or just my favorite setup has to be how One guy rips his pants and he's too embarrassed to, he's one of the servers and he's too embarrassed to keep serving people. So he stands outside and he's gets one of his buddies. Hey man, do you think you could take care of that fucking big table of like 50 Americans? And the other server's like, I got you, man. Like pants are ripped. Yeah, sure. And then that server who's helping him out, rips his jacket and goes out and is like, Hey, can I, can, let me just use your (laughs) jacket. Um, and so then this guy with the ripped pants has to put on a ripped jacket (laughs) and he basically ha- he stands outside the entire time and has like proxies running through the entire restaurant to like serve his tables uh-huh. and just has to stay there just because of like, that's how work is. You just have to be there. And uh, people ended up, end up like damaging all their clothing and giving it all to him. Like, give me your tie. I got fucking chocolate all <laughs> over mine. And he has uh, to just stand up. He's like, this is getting ridiculous.
0: Is the table really sharp or something that they keep running into? I love just all of the inconvenient yeah. furniture. Like he really, he gets that so well. And I also love that. um love himself is such like a man after my own heart in the sense that he's just like such a, he can't just not touch everything like when he's squeezing the chair uh,
1: <laughs> yeah everything in everything in the restaurant does get has some sort of like tactile interacted with yeah yeah yeah. it's like being on a disney ride or something like being Uh in fucking like please
0: touch museum or some shit yeah
1: exactly (laughs) like how the bartender has those weird things jutting out from the ceiling and not only are they an inconvenience to him the bartender actually ends up using them to hide behind when he's pouring like a secret shot of liquor for another guy and it's another beautiful way of saying like Yes, these people are, like, subjected to the situation, but they're also going to use it to their advantage, uh-huh. like, however they can. <laughs> like, t-, t fucking just breaking the door, holding the handle without missing a single beat is holding the handle to just, like, an the air, and someone uh-huh. thinks it's a door, pulls the handle, and he goes, like, just just w- welcome, sir. Like, not not even recognizing himself that he's in this absurd situation, but just, yep. Like, oh yeah like goes on.
0: Yeah and then there's the door <laughs> guy's doing it and he's like opening the fake door for people oh, and then waiting for a tip. Hilarious. Oh, man. And then, and then there's yeah the bit puts where the they're...
1: tip into the fucking Oh, I you can't describe that because it's just so fucking
0: There's so many of those. There's the bit where like they're running out of food so he doesn't like take down the menu and they carry out this whole ridiculous standee that the menu's on. <laughs> they carry it like oh, sideways yeah.
1: and it looks like a dead body when yeah. they're walking out. Like bits don't the comedy in this movie doesn't like there's no time for the laugh track to come in. They end up like being used like over and over again, or like so, uh, something will will instead of ending, he'll find a new way to make that funny uh-huh. as it just like as like time just elapses. Like people don't just like leave the frame. Even that dumb looking italian photographer ends up just like kind of wandering back and still being just like the dumb italian photographer uh-huh. like that fatter guy like, yeah yeah he short. doesn't yeah. let things uh, something was interesting that kind of points to this is when the the door guy goes to the drug store before um before we end up at the drugstore later and it's almost a way of like making this world kind of believable. Like he ends up like creating this drugstore down the street and just like kind of introducing it. And then we go away. And then when they go back, it makes it this like, we understand what the drugstore is like earlier, where it's like not busy. And then we see it, it just makes it a much more rich experience when you see it just filled at, in like the middle of the night. And like, we, you, you just get a better sense of thing. It's a really weird thing to like have him just run to the drugstore for something and then like do a few things there and then go back to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found all that like little, challenging.
0: All kind of all the incidental little, um, to employ a term to, to employ some terminology out of video games, all these little side quests that you're sent on, all these distractions <laughs> from the main uh, from the main mission. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I mean it's it's yeah it, it's uh, the there's something uh, so wild in like introducing. I guess he, uh, From my understanding from one of the Criterion essays, I think he sort of resented the the character, characters. That's part of why we get him so late in the film. But yeah, to take such a um, a diffuse approach to to narrative is pretty wild. Like truly. A city symphony in the truest sense, really. I mean, besides maybe, um, besides maybe, Man with the Movie Camera, where you're literally like watching the city like come to life as if it's like a, you know, a machine. Um, this you're mm. seeing, you know, all of
1: uh,
0: uh, more, more, far more stories than you're used to seeing, all kind of communicated.
1: Uh. Mm. I like to think that Tati's financial ruin came <laughs> in having a, uh, just that entire shopping mall just. Cr- Created for like a three-minute scene at the very end. Uh-huh. Yeah, just a totally new place with like hundreds of people in it, right? And he just kind of brushes by wild. Yeah, once again, it's like totally enormous
0: set Uh-huh all of these props all of these like people like hundreds of people crammed into the frame Um, Yeah, I one of the fun I think the funniest gag in any of these movies thus far was the uh, the slamming door that doesn't make any noise Mm-hmm. When he keeps not knowing where the guy is because he doesn't know the door is closed,
1: <laughs> and the the guy who invented it ends up wanting to slam the door, like the thing he stole from his own door uh-huh. is the only thing he wanted,
0: and it's so unsatisfying. Of course, yeah, it's like King Midas, like oh, I've, I, it's all, it's all turned to gold, and for what, you know, get this great invention, and uh, now what am I supposed to do? Hmm.
1: So, the ending is, I found, really novel. The way that, like, uh th- thing, things stopped having, sing- like, there, there, there stopped being, although there was things going on in the background, there were kind of, there were, like, punchlines and there were funny moments. And in the end, things just start, like, we just start to recognize that, like, cars move in a certain way things just start going like up and down and like around and they're like spirals and there's like sculptures that are like spirals and like there's cars being like pumped up and then it 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 just started taking like there was no i the form of everything was that it was like spinning or going up and down and it wasn't really a joke I was like he's recognizing this kind of like natural state of things or this natural kind of like uh topsy-turvy or just like a directionality to things like if you were to like i don't know be out in nature you see how there's like a hole in the ground and a hole in a tree and then like a hole in a leaf and you're like oh everything's connected and he kind of does that with like cars are going in a circle people are like kind of spinning around there's like sculptures that are like whirly gigs uh-huh. It was it was very weird. I was like, this isn't like that funny. He's just like pointing out something really interesting about like even in this psycho world, there's like a there's like a natural order that not even we have control over.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. we're still just kind of uh, uh, poorly equipped to understand or to try to like take hold of. Yeah. <laughs> right. And the fact right. that we were both wearing pinwheel hats made it sort of a four D experience. was <laughs> yeah, kind of eerie. I like side glanced
1: <laughs> you. I was like, I think I'm gonna go to bed.
0: Uh. huh yeah, um, and then once again we get a Glaces stand at the end, which is always oh, great. Oh, like yeah, director truly really, really after my own heart.
1: Uh huh. He kind of. It it felt it felt like a warm joke at the end, like in the way that at the end of, uh, of uh Mono, the dad had a joke with the kid. It just kind of felt like a you know if you if you stayed this long, here's something that you might yeah. remember from like an older movie, like which I think is kind of would be hacky for an or for a worse director but yes yeah. it was just really heartwarming.
0: Once again like Cassavetes he's come up with like a non-hacky way to make his films feel mm. like different chapters in one story. Um I mean we we're talking a little bit off mic how poignant it is to see kind of uh the Hulo character age throughout these films mm. and become I don't know in a sense more mature or at least closer to this uh, this this modern society that is, you know, threatening to take over his life. Um Yeah. I I I like that it ends with a sort of like misconnection moment between Hulo and the American tourist, I think it's the perfect yeah. way for such like a city movie to end because it's kind of what the city uh, is all about—like seeing uh, <laughs> people you're never going to see again and just sort of weird, you know, happenstance.
1: Um, yeah, it's like the—I mean, I don't know—the best times I've ever like briefly had in New York are just you know indescribable, kind of like one-off, like talk to somebody, have a weird situation. I, I can name one is like Annie and I went to this French bar and we really wanted to see music and cut. We, f- it was like this really beautiful small space. And in the very back, there was this guy just shredding on a, uh, like a hollow body guitar, like playing the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And we like get in, we pay. There's like four people sitting in there. And, uh, I, i'm just like this i i have to figure out like what this guy's name is like what this type of music is and within three minutes it's over and he's just drinking at the bar afterwards and we're just like the woman at the bar was like yeah you can take your money back and i was like i i can't it was just so like (laughs) so beautiful Uh and yeah just another like just city moment of like a indescribable beauty i don't know how i'm ever gonna google Google that (laughs) yeah yeah I found myself not laughing during like the restaurant things. And then by the end of it, when I knew the end was coming, I just like, had this like release of laughter and that I oh, could finally like relax. And I kind of welled up because I was like, Oh, sweet Tati. And like, his Oh yeah. Crazy world. The ending
0: <laughs> kind of made me well up, but I, 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 I nearly did a fucking spit take when he brings down like the roof. Was not oh. expecting. Well, I mean it's again it's like you expect it but you're like no, no, it can't be right. <laughs> like, it's right. Like...
1: Right. And then even after that, it still keeps happening. like he finds a way, even when you think, Okay, we finally exploded the narrative, like everything's falling apart. He keeps uh. going after that. After the battery, surely left, this is the, the most chaotic it could get. Yeah, I mean it's like yeah. it's
0: like Vince Vaughn beating up the car or uh Jonathan <laughs> because... Winters in Mad Men Mad World like ripping up uh-huh. the gas station. It's just like fucking grind it into dust
1: like m- uh-huh. more yeah oh so good i i i i he must just be the funniest man alive like he must just have a supernatural ability to he, he see has, how I, I the bet, world though, is funny
0: if you're this funny like for a living though i bet he was like i bet he was like a sour sort of a guy i can't imagine he mm. was like a funny guy in my like, conversations i don't know
1: <laughs> I, I mean it, it's pointing at like being that funny is also to see so much just fucking darkness <laughs> in like the way things are uh-huh I, I, but I he have... doesn't he doesn't say that it uh, sorry he doesn't say that it's like a dark thing like he still points out only the funny parts of the darkest parts of all of uh-huh. our like whole world that we've set up
0: right yeah, i mean you've got to, uh, it's yeah it, it's never we were saying it's never like a dour film even if it's about. Mm the encroachment of like technology. And even if it ultimately ends with sort of, a, I don't know, a maybe lightly melancholy moment.
1: Yeah. Um, you were going to say something and it
0: cut you off. Uh, I don't know that it was anything of substance. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 really love the film. Um, the best mm. breaking glass door gag I've ever seen. And those, I mean, that's hard. It's hard to top some of the classics. Yeah. Um, it's no uh, it's no Sound of Music, but um it's highly no recommend it. This is all the of our psycho part heads. of
1: Sound of Music where they do, like, I guess, like, back in the day, people would, like, have their kids, like, rehearse performances for <sighs> guests. If I'm there so and, and, and
0: my fucking host kids, start, you know, I, I'm out of there. I don't care. I don't care I'm if out. the kids yeah. see me leaving. It's Bye.
1: <laughs> twins at the end of the hall. <laughs> I'm not even getting ass. my coat. <laughs> right, right. You can keep it. No, thank you. <laughs>
0: no, thank you. Bye. <laughs> mm.
1: You're like and my name is Little Franz and I will go goodnight. When's <laughs> it's the last time all... you watched this movie? Because it is years bizarre. and years ago.
0: I watched it once. I've seen it the one time because it was on the AFI like hundred list. Because I'm the sort of fucking moron. It's like oh, I guess I'll watch oh one so, hundred.
1: oh yeah yeah, that's your curse. Yeah. Um, the funny <laughs> part of my favorite part of the movie is how how like lightly treated actual Nazis are uh-huh. but like the, the really rich guy has them over to a party in his house because like, you know, it's propriety. And, uh, you know, we're all like, we, I may not like the guy and, and like, there's a conversation and he just kind of like lightly is like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Nazism. <laughs> and the Nazis are like, well, I never
0: <laughs> his monocle falls out. Yeah. Right. Oh man. Um any Whew. final notes, Shane? How do you wanna uh, how do you wanna wrap up? Uh we do it's it's I I've I, I've heard good things mostly from J-Row about both uh Pahad and uh Trafic, But mm. it's gonna be it, it's it's hard to imagine they're not gonna feel like come downs after uh, a movie like this. Um I mean I'll quote Will Sloan once again. Uh this is the sort of movie that the business of movie making was designed to stop from being made. Um like really, uh I truly bananas to your vision.
1: Yeah. Um uh someone hold on, I gotta there's some bizarre shit happening outside my window.
0: It's Hello. like eerie that I can't.
1: Uh which apartment? Yes. What name? Okay, you can leave it on the chair there. Yes. Yeah, I think it's for my neighbor. Okay, you Thank you. Okay, talk about a fucking insane aspect of modernity that is just totally nonsensical. Two strangers in masks on my porch just saying, Amazon, Amazon. I'm like, w- okay, I get it. You have a package. It's fucking nine at night.
0: And you're wearing masks.
1: <laughs> and you're wearing masks.
0: It... it, it, it um well, do they knock on your window? In, Why not ring a door? No, there
1: they're because there's a front door, my door is in the back, it's like a duplex, and so people will come up to the front door and just stare at me. I'm like, I don't have access to that door. Pretend I'm not here. But it just looks like I'm being a huge dickhead, just like looking Freely. at them, which is another just psycho <laughs> aspect insane of, it bit feels of architecture like I'm low. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I'm literally right next to this door and I can't and I have a window right next to mm-hmm. it. I can't get in. Um, the
0: mask thing is fucking eerie. Like, thank God nothing's so open. Because can you imagine like how much shit would be getting like robbed if people could just walk around with bandanas on their face all the time?
1: It seems like he. I can't believe he made a movie after this. I, I have no idea what to Two expect from Trek. Yeah.
0: Really? Yeah, no, thought, no idea uh, what any of them is about. Um, I think one of them is, I guess, just about like a circus. I think it's a much smaller film. And what's then, it called? Uh, Pahad Parade. Um,
1: ah, <laughs> uh, TV movie. Gotcha.
0: Was it? Oh, okay. Um I think it maybe got a theatrical release here or And then guess, Traffic period.
1: is called An Original Scenario. Mm. Ah <laughs> uh. In in his class, in his usual comical and disastrous style. In his inimitable fashion. <laughs>
0: Um, did you uh, did you watch that Looney Tunes? I sent you by the way. Uh, oh no, sorry. Oh, you, it, if you've got six minutes to spare, I'm telling you, it's like spending time with me. It's just Daffy doing like shtick, okay, and doing like song after song. It's called Yankee Doodle Daffy.
1: Okay, I'll put it on now. Because I realize what a kind,
0: sure. Yeah, I realized what a kindred spirit I am with him because, like, he's. He just fucking sucks, but he thinks he's so delightful and is just constantly, like, (laughs) turning it on. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh.
1: Okay. Oh, Um, that's me. Mm -hmm. uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening.